You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. All right, welcome back to The Handmade Podcast, episode 12. We've made it to 12. It's a dozen. This is the dozen episode. I'm Chris Zeff for Make Everything. I'm here with Derek from Alden and Paul Pinto. And we're back. We've got, it's been two weeks. Uh, I blame myself for that. It's been a busy couple of weeks and everybody's had a lot going on. So we'll start right off. And Paul looks like he's had a really busy day. So you guys can't see him, but he looks tired. Paul, what have you been working on? Um, nothing too crazy. Just just more railings, lots and lots of different railings. Um, I don't know what I've been doing today. Just trying to clean up because the place is a disaster. But um, nothing too crazy. I had to make some. Um, actually, we're currently making some. Um, you know those things RR Buildings uses that he sets in concrete. Uh, those metal brackets that he sits his um, his uh, columns of his buildings into. I basically yeah, have to make frame, right? that exact that exact same thing. Yeah, it's basically like a U with some holes punched in it and some rebar welded to the bottom of it, so we could set it in some concrete. I literally a, uh... just watched that. Oh, really? That's yeah, funny. yeah. It's so funny. That guy, that guy posts everywhere. I see him on TikTok. I'm just scrolling through, and I'll see his video <laughs> pop up on TikTok. He's Dude, got like he's hundreds a, of thousands of views on there. He's that he's guy's the best. good. He's, he's, a, he's an animal, man. I was watching one of his videos from like a year ago. He built this like barn, and it was like must have been the fall. Like it was warm out, but it was getting cold. Like some days were cold. Like he just like I'm watching it with the volume off, and then I'm like, holy shit, man, this thing's like just about done he's like so on day three i'm like what I'm like, yeah day three crazy. i'm thinking it's a month of work he's done he's like wow he just goes just it's like it's just two of them it's like him and the other guy that wears the tank top yeah the they've time. got such a good system and they they're just, so efficient they do yeah, like a building exactly. a week yeah it, it, that's exactly that right i must be killing it <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah. <laughs> yeah oh yeah yeah he's not doing he it works hard though oh yeah that guy kills himself i mean yeah 
And yep. he does content too. I give that guy credit. I don't know. Yeah, he's got a, his YouTube channel has like a ton of. He's got like I think he has half a million subscribers or something like that. Last time I checked, it, like yes, four hundred sixty-three thousand subs on YouTube, and just the just to have the time to do all the stuff he does and make videos, and he's like always flying his drone, which takes enough time out of the day just to fly the damn drone through the trusses and stuff. That's what I was going to say. He's he doesn't just fly it. He goes like through the trusses and everything. Yeah. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. He uploads two videos a week. He said, wow. thing. Oh I upload two God. videos a week and try to show as much of the process as possible. He must be one of those people that just doesn't sleep like Casey Neistat. Remember when he would do yeah. a video every single day and he would yeah. sleep like two hours and then he'd go run 13 miles mm-hmm. in the morning and then do yeah, it all over it, again. And then he almost got divorced. Yeah. <laughs> Is that what happens? Yeah. Yeah, um, but eventually. it's it's funny. I actually called um, which one call it? What's his name? Kyle. Kyle. Yeah. Well, I did. My my dad did because there was a project that we, or actually that's this project. What these things are for? Um, a barn, and one of our friends needed a barn built, and we called him to see if he would do it. And obviously, he's not because he, I think he used to travel around like he built. Jimmy's, yeah, he, yeah, he doesn't do that, and anymore. he doesn't do it anymore because why would he? He's probably got so much business, you know, right in Illinois. So um, that's what this these things are actually for. We had to find a local guy to, to do the project, and so I'm just making these for him. Hmm. But nothing too crazy right now. All right, all right. Whatever. What's everybody else doing? All right, so Derek, what are you up to this week? Oh. <laughs> um, that's not me, Yana. That's Paul. So I am up to my normal act of redoing a project. I um, decided when I was doing my trophy project, I didn't have enough to do so i figured i'd do it a second time i um i had a little issue while i was sanding it i think i cut through the bottom coat and it got wet and the mdf swelled up on me and i thought i had fixed it and i probably could have got by with it but it um it just was bothering me the way it looked so i um redid it and i had a buddy of mine stop by he gave me a hand with it, and he had a couple design changes that he thought would make it look a little bit better, and he was right. And one of the issues was I had changed the lights on it, and with the original one, if I kept going with it the way I did, I wouldn't have had room to put in the lights. So it was a good thing we did change it and um, go in a different direction. And I think it does look a little bit better. The base is a little bit thicker. Uh, it's a friend of mine, Brian. He... Um, He's a contractor. He does a lot of high-end work, so he has a good eye for aesthetics, and he um, does a lot of nice stuff. He was over here. We were also working on a stand, a steel stand for um, his grill. He has a gas grill he brings away with him um, when he goes camping, and we are making a stand for that. I was going to use the new TIG welder. What? I'll take that back. I'll save that for a new tool. I was going to use okay. a new welder on it, but... Um, I just decided to MIG weld. It was just quicker. I um, I figured I would ruin it with my MIG welder instead of a TIG welder. But, uh, no, it came out nice. But um, basically just recutting the trophy and sailing it and wiring it. I mocked it up. I had it completely done except for the paint. So I think this way it's going to look a lot better. Um, I made the mistake of painting it before it was like fully assembled. So I think it probably would have got ruined anyways when it, you know, once it was fully painted, you know, I just didn't have everything done with the lighting and the badges and all that. So that's what I've been working on. So nice. Yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing that, uh, that trophy done. Yeah, me too. 
That way I can get paid. I want to see it with, <laughs> I want to see it with the lighting, you know, like that'll be really cool. Yeah. Yeah. The customer's going to be surprised. He didn't know about the lights and I think it adds a nice touch to it. And, um, you know, it's going to be kind of in a, in a private club. And, um, I just think it'll look nice lit up on the shelf and, you know, just with all the colors, black and the silver, I think it's just really coming together. Nice. And, um, yeah, I'm happy with it. It's looking nice. good. Yeah. How about yourself? What have you been working on? Anything fun? Any more ramps or anything? Well, what have I been working on in the last couple of weeks? I've just been acquiring tools. It's been, a, it's been shocking. Collecting, collecting mills. Collecting really? Mills. Up to six mills. Oh, Is God. that all six? I have five. How appropriate. Half a dozen for a dozen where'd the, other, where'd, the, where'd the other one go? Did you get rid of it? Already? No, I, well, I, I always <laughs> had three and then I bought two more. No, no it's amazing. No, Paul knows exactly oh, how many mills you have. You lose count of them, but Paul knows exactly. I don't know. Why did I think you had six? You do have five. Five. <laughs> well, technically, I. Well, how many lathes does he have, Paul? He's got two. He's got a mini lathe and a big one, yeah. which is I can't even believe you only have two. That's and stupid. then I have I have three wood lathes. That's stupid. You only have two. Yeah. Well, technically, I have a watchmaker's we'll lathe. that too. kid in? It's a tiny, tiny collets, which is really. Uh, cool. Yeah. Oh, that one that that person made. That homemade one? They like, yeah, they like made parts for it. It's like half homemade, half uh, factory. That Very one was cool. cool. Yeah, that, that one was cool. Yeah. That's yeah. like, and I and like, it's so funny because I bought that at uh, this like, basically a garage sale from a, a machinist's kids. The machinist had passed away, and that mill, that lathe, I think, has a five dollar like garage sale sticker on it. Like everything they oh, really was, like. It's funny too because they spent a lot of time like on eBay looking at the value of stuff. Because when I went there. Just as a little backstory, I bought the entire contents of a machinist shop like a year and a half ago. And when I went there, they had eBay printouts on all the major machines to like kind of assess some sort of value because they had no idea how much anything was worth. Mm-hmm. And then the, uh, the, the gentleman whose father had passed away, his wife had been selling uh, a lot of the smaller stuff on eBay. So she sold like a lot of the Starrett, you know, stuff and the inspection tools. So they knew what things were worth, but I think at a certain point, like the realtors were giving them a hard time telling them, listen, if you don't clear out this basement, nobody's going to want to buy this house because it had so much stuff in it. They were just like giving stuff away. Um, So I went up buying everything and that's where I got the radial drill, the South Bend lathe that I sold, the milling machine that Derek had, um, the bandsaw that I just sold, all that stuff. I love that South Bend. Yeah, that was a nice machine. That's like a collector's piece. The problem is that it was too slow, though, right? Just to move it's not, it well, it's not even that it was too slow. It's just like you know, it, it was a great machine. It's just you know, for the stuff, I think it was like an 800 RPM or a thousand RPM max machine, which is it's great for turning with high speed steel. But when you're using carbide insert cutters like we use and like a lot of people use, you kind of need to go a little bit faster. Um, mm. but, you know, that was a, it was a really nice tight machine and the guy that bought it for me uh was really like was really into it so but yeah. they come and go we'll get you one we'll get you one Paul. you, you have room for it now so. i don't yeah i do i i'd like to get like a newer bigger lathe kind of like the one you got mm-hmm. um because this closing lathe is pretty nice you know it's not bad it's a little you know it's not as sturdy as i'd like it to be like it'll flex a little bit. It's not as solid as like a big, you know, really big newer one. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't do. I haven't used it in like months, so I don't really need one anytime soon. It's like but, a student wave. Yeah, it's more for like you know just doing smaller stuff on. It's not super precise. I mean, it's it's good though for what I need. It's probably fine. 
But um, we'll see. Once I get the machine shop area set back up again, I'm just waiting on a couple things. Um, and then I'll have a little area where I'm going to put all the machining tools um, and just keep them separated and clean from the rest of the place. Um, I hate to be morbid, but when you just said that, do you ever think, Paul, you're awfully young, so you must never think this, but what? like when I'm gone, like what is going to happen to my stuff? You know, like you can either go by like Jimmy's logic, like, he'll be dead who gives a shit the other person can deal with it and yeah. sometimes like that's how i get like i just feel like my wife will just give it away to like the next nicest person you know there'll be a lot there'll be a line of people outside my door when i the day i die just for my tools but uh no like i often wonder that like you know my son always laughs he's always like we know dad don't give away the anvils or don't give away fast tool stuff and it's like you know just certain things you know you know they're worth some money it's like oh i just hope my family's not going to get screwed trying to sell this stuff you know hopefully it's really really old when i go but did i tell you about the guy i bought uh i was i I was buying stuff uh at a like an estate sale one day and we were me and he was another buyer you know whatever we were buying whatever and uh we were talking to the guy running the estate sale about like you know how they have to empty the house you know Mm -hmm. everything is was like Go going for pennies on the dollar. Estate sale mm-hmm. prices are always low, and the guy was like, he had all. He told me he had all uh, Lee Valley planes, mm-hmm. and he's like, I literally went through the Lee Valley catalog and I circled and and post-it noted every page that had a plane that I bought, so that when I die, my I told my family go through this book so that you don't sell these things for two dollars at a garage sale. So he said some of his planes were like three hundred and fifty or four hundred dollars. Yeah, like they'll wind up in a cardboard box that my wife sells for twenty dollars, and I'll literally come out of the ground and I'll haunt her for the rest of my life. And I was like, dude, that's a good idea. I said, you know, you know, because people know the value. I mean, I know the value of everything in the shop, but something happened to me, and I didn't have you guys to like be around. You know, who would tell anyone like, oh yeah, the you know the plasma table is not. $250. $250. I'll, I'll take it for 300 Yeah, exactly. I, I tell you, it's sad because it, we had a neighbor. He was like in his 90s, Mr. Fishman. He was like just a local tailor, and he lived in the same house for like 65 years, and he died, and they had an estate sale. And we went like when it was just about over, and there was like literally three feet of stuff on the basement floor. Like people just ransacked it. And we were the only ones there, me and my daughter, and we're going through it. And I remember finding, I think it was his sons from uh, BC, uh, Boston College, his, um, what is it, like a thesis or whatever, when you become a uh-huh. PhD. He had written it, and it was so old, it was, you know, typed. You could tell it was typed. And it was just, like, torn through. Like, And I'm like, wow, somebody wow. busted their ass, like, typing this. And nobody gives a shit. Nobody. That's you terrible. It, it just, yeah. It, and it's funny. A buddy of mine, he's got his uh, PhD, and uh, I'm just always amazed. I know somebody that smart, but uh, it's funny. He tells a story. Um, he went to. Um, actually, this is good. I should get this out there. I'll find out exactly where he went. But I think he went to like the universe, University of Wisconsin, Madison, and he took his, and it's in the library there. 
and he taped a $20 bill in there with a note. So when um, if anybody ever reads it, they can take it and um, and call him just so he knows somebody gave a shit and read yeah. it one time. And it's funny because one of my sisters lives in Wisconsin, and I always wanted to go by there and take the 20. Like, he goes by every couple of years. His parents are up that way, and he'll check it, you know. But I just think it would be funny if it was missing. And nobody's read the thing? No, not yet. Not yet. He, he's my he's my age, so it's been a little while too, you know. But it's well, just funny. So. Moral of the story is don't waste your time getting your PhD. Because the one follow my Instagram story that yeah. is his thing. Yeah. So. Oh my but, god, uh, it's true. Yeah. Yeah. So funny. That's crazy. I posted a TikTok more. A hundred thousand people watched my TikTok. You know, <laughs> not one person read this poor guy's uh this uh, thesis, thesis that he probably yeah. spent months writing. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. So, well, <laughs> what are you gonna do? L- lesson learned. Yeah. So, what else is going on? What else are you guys doing? I don't uh, even know. I'm just I'm been you know motorcycling all around town. Oh, motorcycle! Oh, actually, Paul, we've got actually we've got something that we've been promising the listeners now for. for are, we, are we giving away a motorcycle? No, we're not giving oh, away oh. a motorcycle, but we oh. are going to hear the story about Paul's water oh, adventure, his Paul's paddleboarding adventure. Oh, now, this is, this is oh, for Jesus. anyone that's ever met. Uh, I forgot about this one. The, the, the original Paul Pinto, Paul Pinto senior. I was um, <laughs> before this is said, I just want Paul senior to know I had nothing to do with this story. I'm Switzerland. Go ahead. All right, Paul, let's hear it. So, so take us, take us back in time to uh, when you became a, uh, a delinquent on the high seas. Um, so this was a couple years back. I was probably in, I don't know, maybe freshman or sophomore year in high school. And, um, we were at the beach, I think it was Sasko beach in Fairfield and across like the little bay is Southport beach. And so I was with my friend and my sister, um, my friend Danny, and it was low tide. The water was literally two feet deep. We paddleboarded. It was so nice. It was so calm. We just kept going and going. We went all the way across the little harbor um, to Southport Beach. We were just kind of standing in the water. It was probably a foot deep right there, sitting on the boards, hanging out in the sun, enjoying ourselves. We were out there for probably like an hour. Little did I know, you know, back at Sasko, you know, Beach, it, there was a full-blown panic. And my parents were there on the phone with the Coast Guard, calling the Coast Guard to come rescue us because – they thought we got swept out to sea and we couldn't come back in and there was a riptide and we got sucked out and we're over there just in the sun, you know, having the time of our lives, relaxing. And then, you know, we said, you know, why don't we go back in? We've been out here for a while. We paddle back in. My dad's out in the water on the phone. He's waving us down. He's like, I'm on the phone with the Coast Guard. They're going to be here in five minutes. He goes, where were you? I, we thought you got swept out to sea. I'm like, no, we were just hanging out. <laughs> we, had we were doing what kids do. We had to tell them. We had to tell them to turn around. Um, we were safe, and that was pretty much it. I mean, I mean, it just uh, that, I, that a lot of situations like that have happened. Yeah, your mother's a little protective, isn't she? It was my father too. He's real worried about the water. I don't know why. Yeah. That's uh, dangerous. I mean, well, yeah, everything's freaking dangerous. That's what I try and tell them. But now they got you riding around on a uh, on the monkey over there. Yeah, I'm I'm ripping around the streets on the monkey. Have you done any sweet jumps yet? No, no, no sweet the, jumps. The tires haven't even come off the ground. 
I, I was telling my daughter's uh, boyfriend, uh, Thomas, about it. He knew exactly what it was as soon as I, yeah. I, I described it. It's so really it popular. Be, yeah, it must be cool with all the young, hip kids. Well, it's it's a everyone knows what the Grom, Honda Grom is. Like, that's, yeah. like, huge. Like, and pe- big, like, people who have, like, huge, you know, 1,000cc, like, sport bikes. Like, everyone buys Groms because they're so fun. And they just took a Grom and made it look like a uh, old school little motorcycle. But now the problem is, I, I want a bigger one, of course. Yeah, I gotta get I gotta get a Harley. I've been I I've been looking at Harleys. Well, <laughs> don't do it. I, I, I have, you have to. Yeah. So that was what happened with me when I got the uh, the mopeds. Was like yeah, you know, like I had the mopeds and I would like it, they're so easy to like do work to and make them look cool, but they would only go like twenty seven, twenty eight yeah. miles an hour. So, like, it was funny because, and I, I think I might have said this when we were t- first talking about your new little little bike, but, like, with a moped, you have, like, two or, like, three goals, right? First of all, you got to make it work, mm. you got to make it fast, and then you got to make it look cool. But when you have a motorcycle, you don't have to make it fast. You just have to make it look cool. <laughs> you yeah. know, like, it takes out a whole huge time-consuming step because there are guys that spend – thousands of dollars on the 50 cc mopeds to like split the motors crazy make them go like 40 miles an hour i'm like dude that's good you that's should see and roxbury oh, oh yeah my god man they stretch them they mm-hmm. they have some serious coin in those things yeah. it's unbelievable it really is and they're light enough that you could pick them up and put them in the back of a pickup truck I'm not even easiest thing to steal chasing the speed because I, I I swear to God I'll never go above like 40 miles an hour I'll never even hit fourth gear I just want the aesthetics yeah I want the look and mm-hmm. I I can't like like I'm getting passed by like girls riding Harleys and I'm on this Girl, girls thing. on girls on pedal yeah. bikes yeah no, no. <laughs> yeah like it's just yeah the bicyclists are passing me I need to get you know. Something yeah. a little more substantial. I just love the way they look. They're so freaking good looking. I already got one picked out. I know exactly which one I'm nice. getting. What do you get? Nice. What do you get? Soft tail slim. That's oh, such a nice choice. How nice, nice is that? Choice. Yeah. I like Excellent the choice. I like the styling, the, the mm-hmm. old school look. Yeah. My my first bike I ever wanted was a Springer soft tail. Yeah, nineteen eighty six. My mother wouldn't let me get it. Fourteen thousand dollars. See, my mother it. is like cool like that where she's like i really want you to get one she's just like i'm so worried about like she she's into that type of stuff but i, I think mm-hmm. I'll, I, you know i'll end up having the thing yeah, yeah. you'll ride it six times i that's the soft no, slim is kind of like the look i was going for with the bike that i did when i when i mm. dropped the rear end on mine yeah um, it was to get that like kind of that stance that stretched out stance like i truly have no interest in going on the highway i have no interest in going on a busy road because it does it's just not fun to me like all i yeah. just want to do is cruise around you know what i want to fly do? the beach and like go around like my neighborhood but what i just should do? i look like an ass on this little tiny build build a bike yeah. well, that's, nice what I also want to do. that's what you should do you have a shop you should tuck away something in the corner get a stand and yeah back and just start building one. Get a frame and just start, you know. Just well, I also love the, like, cafe racer style. Like, yeah. yeah. There's so many nice styles. There really is. I, it's it's really a cool – God, it's so nice. Derek, I wish – I'm like, God, I wish Derek kept his. We yeah. could all go up to Jimmy. Doesn't Jimmy have a bike? Yeah. He does. Yeah, he, he would ride, ride it. I could, could ride it. Back, I could put him on the back of mine. Yeah. yeah. You could ride I mean, Jim's, uh, Derek, I, and I, I could, could bring mine up. 
I could always buy another one. I mean, just when well, I didn't give up my right to buy it. No, bike. I know you got yeah. it. Well, listen, I need to assemble. We got to assemble a little biker gang here. I, I tell you, my dude, brother, I have enough bikes for all of us to go ride. That's true. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd have shock, to go on your shocking. Suzuki. Shocking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need help. Yeah. Well. You do. I don't know, but it's it's just so fun. It's like I know it's dangerous, but it's it's like the best thing in the world. It is it's so I, nice. I told you that. I I always said everybody should own a motorcycle at some point in their life, and uh-huh. like a convertible car. Yeah. It's just so just so much fun. Just it's such a different vibe, you know. It really is. We used to go out and uh, me and my wife on the bike, and th- that was what made it fun too. You know, a lot of guys would be like, "Oh, your old lady don't let you ride." It's like I take her with me, you know. Mm-hmm. And we just used to have so much fun and. I was telling you guys, we used to get out to Washington, D.C., me and a bunch of my buddies for uh, Rolling Thunder Memorial Day for the um, the Vietnam Veterans Wall. They had a big rally there, but we would ride down to D.C. every year, pouring rain. It was horrible, but when we got there, it'd be fun. We'd go down through the Shenandoah Valley and stuff, yeah. and just some of my best memories, and I think I mentioned it last podcast, one of my buddies I used to ride with, he posted, he's in his mid-70s. And he still rides, you know, a couple times a week. And he said, you know, some of the best memories he had in his life were riding. He goes, I anybody who has ever given it up is crazy. And I was thinking, man, why did I do that? You know, because my yeah. wife and kids were like, you know, don't do it. But I was not getting, you know, crazy in the city. You know, everybody's, you know, not paying attention. It's just, it's such a different time now riding. It's just people mm-hmm. don't give a shit, you know. And yeah. uh it's scary. You know, I, I, I don't know if it's getting older, but I was never nervous when I rode before, but now it's like, I'm scared. I look over my shoulder, worried about this guy. And, you know, it may be just in the country. It's a little bit better, but just riding through the city now is just too much. That's why I want you to come move to Connecticut. Nice. Yeah. I got a couple of towns picked out. I'll show you around. I think I have a Beautiful. couple of towns you might like. It's all nice. Stanford, uh, Paul. Yeah. Who was looking at a house? Who were you? You were I looking was. at a house? I was looking at a house, and uh, it was like kind of northern Stanford. That's a nice area. Order. It wasn't very expensive. It was pretty reasonable. Uh, it was pretty reasonable. I don't. I, I don't remember uh, exactly what it cost, but I got to be able. Angela's got to be able to commute to New York City. So well, that's literally why Fairfield now. County exists. Is just everyone <laughs> commutes. Yeah, Fairfield County should, should honestly, where I live, should be part of New York. Yeah. I know more about New York than I do about the rest of Connecticut. Yeah, like, yeah, I don't yeah. even know anything about Connecticut besides, like, it's just totally two different, you know, this whole area is supported off of New York City, mm-hmm. which is, and it's getting flooded with New Yorkers fleeing New York because of the corona. Oh yeah. Like, everyone's buying up houses around here. Yep. But I don't know. You guys, I gotta, the water. my goal is to get you guys to move in this area. Closer, yeah. to, closer to me, we'll all be together. Closer to Jimmy's house. I look yeah. at houses up in, uh, I look at houses up that way all the time because yeah. I'm in this crossroads with the shop where it's like, you know, obviously I'm, I'm, I'm invested down here, but as, you know, the business becomes more and more self-sufficient, it's just like, why, why, I don't know how crazy I want to drive myself, you know? Yeah. It's, well, that's what it, it's a quality of life thing. You just think about it, and it's like, what the hell am I doing? You know, mm-hmm. it's just, I don't know. It's just. How are the taxes in Fairfield? Out. What's that? How are those property taxes up in Fairfield? Uh, probably expensive. You can't, yeah. I, I doubt they're as much. No, as they're not as much. Long Island, New York is a different animal. 
Yeah. Like you're, you guys are in tough areas. Like there's no room to, exp- there's no room for growth. There's not a lot of room near me, but in local towns, there's, you know, there's room to do stuff Yeah. Like, or in other parts of Connecticut, not too far away from me, but like, you know, Long Island, there's no room left. It's crazy. Eric is, it's like, yeah. everything's used up. It's just going to yeah. keep getting more and more expensive. Yeah. We, we were looking at a house today in South Boston kid. I was working with, I was telling him about it. I said, I went to this house and, the guy was telling me they. Um, I was like, "How'd you get the permit to build this?" He goes, "Well, when you know, we kept part of the house so we could keep it in the same footprint." And he said, "Nobody reads the newspaper for the public notices uh-huh. or anything." So he goes, "Nobody goes to the meetings." Yeah. So I was telling about the kid, and he thought I was bullshit. And I brought him by the house. It's literally two inches from the house behind it. The deck. There's a deck off it, and the deck go like the. Floor, flooring of the deck, it's like a slight hill, goes across the guy's windows. So That's you crazy. literally two inches out the window, you, like, you couldn't so put your hand crazy. between the deck and the next house. I'm like, is that a wants fire to hazard? Like that? Who wants I to know. Like that? It's crazy. I'm like, it, it just, it, it just, I don't know. It just, who, like you said, who wants to live like that? It's disgusting. But uh, yeah, I don't know. People do it and they pay a lot of money to do it. A I don't know. A ton get of it. money. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I don't know. I couldn't afford to live where I live. You kidding me? I've been here 25 years. I'd be screwed. It's, yeah, it's, it's to do it again. Yeah. I, I need oh, yeah. space. I need a yard. Yeah. I need trees. I need to be able to. I like driving around. Like I, when I lived in New York for a year, I just something not right. There's something not right about it. At least for me. Like yeah. you know that you know Jim Croce, the singer. Oh yeah. He's got that song. New York is not my home. That that like. So that's a good song. You should listen to it. It's like it perfectly describes New York. It's kind of, it's just not natural. I don't think it's healthy for, you know, people to yeah. live like that. It's yeah. like you're lonely, but you're never alone. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's yeah. really weird. I don't know. Yeah. And, yeah. I, and where I live too, it's like, you know, Angela and I, like we talk about how, you know, like if I want to build a building or buy a building like i gotta pay the amount of money i have oh, to pay is so insane and if i want to stay on long island i have to go east and then at that point if i go east i just get further away from everything like i get i get more and more isolated because to get from you know suffolk county new york where i could buy like a couple of acres on like kind of farmland i'm gonna be two hours from new york city and there's only one road that gets you there Versus if I move to like Connecticut, there yeah. you can get everywhere. I could go to Massachusetts. I could go to, you know, I could cut, you know, over one of the bridges and head down south to, uh, you know, to like, you know, the New Jersey and, and that kind of area. But being on Long Island, it's just, you're, you are just stuck. Well, if you're in like Stanford, you're, you're 35 minutes away from New York. If there's no traffic, you're like 35 minutes from New York City. Yeah. Like that's pretty nice. Yeah, it's a really good location, and it's not mm-hmm. too crazy. Like that's a nice, even like Westchester, even like near Jeff. Yeah, well, I looked, I looked up near Jeff uh, a bunch actually, and it was the it's a beautiful the, area. Yeah, the problem up by Jeff, um, it's not even so much that it was a problem, but it, it, there's really nothing. There's not a lot to do up there. You yeah, know, yeah, you're right. To get to a place where you actually like have some kind of stuff going on. Um, and I mean, there's a lot of stuff, there's a lot of stuff up there to do, but in the areas that we were looking, it just seemed a little remote and, you know, like also to like, got to think about school districts and stuff like that. 
And I, you know, it's, it's tough. We're in one of the highest rated school districts where we live now. Mm-hmm. And it's great to think about like, you know, having kids and living over here, but it's at the same time, like the, the real estate is so insane. You know, the fact that I even have a shop in this town is like crazy. And then the idea of going and get it, making a bigger shop somewhere is like just not even, it's not even conceivable. It's like if Jimmy was still in New York city and someone said like, Oh, why don't you just like buy a building down the road and put your shop there? Yeah. You know, it's like no wonder Jimmy's in East Durham. Yeah. You know? it, it, it seems like you're either staying where you are, or if you want a different shop, you got to move to a different part of the state or a different, yeah. or a different state entirely. Yeah, or you have to have a shop that's 30 to 45 minutes away from your house. Which which is a nightmare. Which isn't really something that I can do working in the shop and working at home. You're like, I'm so jealous of Derek that he can, like, go downstairs and work in the shop until 1 in the morning. And then in three minutes, he's in his bed. Like, Yeah, that's one reason why, like, you know, somebody offered me some shop space really cheap. And at first, I'm like, oh, my God, that'd be so cool to have a shop. And then I'm like, you know what? Screw that. I was like that, I don't want to do that, but it's um, you know, it, it just it, it is. It's nice to have it, you know, right here and just close by, and you know, you're in and you're out. But it is. It's um, it's just sad, you know. It's just people can't afford to live, you know, certain places, and you know, it, it just it's funny. A lot of people around here. You know, the big thing was you moved to New Hampshire. It's only thirty minutes away, and mm-hmm. you know, it's nice and quiet and rural. Now you go over the border. And, you know, property taxes are through the roof because it's just um, it's, you know, everybody from Massachusetts is living up there mm-hmm. and Massachusetts. I mean, New Hampshire's uh, motto is live free or die. And every mass hole goes up there and now they want to make it Massachusetts and people from New Hampshire hate the people from Massachusetts. <laughs> and then they bitch. It's like, oh, it's all ruined now. It's like no shit. It's like I remember when I was a kid, you'd go up Route 125 through Plastow, New Hampshire, and there was nothing there. It was just nothing. Now you think you're just outside of Boston. It's all, yeah. you know, malls and this and that. So it's like now you have to go, you, you have to leapfrog those people to get away, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's just tough. I just want to get the hell away from everybody. There's too many people. Yeah. There's definitely too many people. I mean, I Joe Rogan had it right, man. I'd go to Austin, Texas tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I would move to Austin. Yeah, I'd like tomorrow. to see what that's about. I bet that's pretty I bet it's cool down you there. You would love Austin, Texas, dude. Probably, you would probably but... hate the rest of Texas, but Austin is like Austin is like it's you like food. Yeah. Yeah, know, food's and... a big one. That's half of our that's half of my family's life is where are we going to get good food. And and that's <laughs> it. I mean, Austin's like it's such a great place for that and it's also there's so many like creative and artistic people and the other thing too from a business standpoint like look at uh Jordan's uh, Jordan. Look at yep. Growler Domestics. I mean, he was yep. telling me the other day he's got like they Austin at a certain point Austin had the fastest growing uh, like housing economy in the country. So the amount wow. of developments for like a business like his, where he's doing, you know, like uh, furnishings for hotels and stuff. Like he's telling me the other day, he's got potential to do like 400 of these like coffee tables for uh, a hotel. Wow. Yeah. You know, so if you're, if you're and their uh, design aesthetic, there is exactly the kind of stuff that we do, you know, like yeah. non-traditional, uh, like our yeah, down and work, dirty. Work yeah. And, yeah. Like you get down there and you and you can establish, which I don't think is that hard because there's so much work. You could just you could probably live down there for ten years, make enough money uh, to go and go anywhere you wanted. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah. Of course it's it's not expensive. 
and it's Texas. So if you yeah. get sick of people, you drive 25 minutes towards the hill country and you're, uh, you're out where like April just bought that big building and, you know, did all that stuff. So it's, uh, Austin's a really cool place. Yeah. There's something appealing about it. The only thing that worries me is like in, in 30 years from now, is, is it going to be 150 degrees? Like it might be like, that's the thing. Yeah. yeah that's what I would hate down there. I could never get used to that heat. I don't yeah. Care. It might be, it might be. I don't know. You uh, you got to keep your place in Connecticut. Come here for the summer. Yeah. Or you buy a place in New Hampshire. You go to New Hampshire for the summer. Yeah. You know, because that's the thing. It's like, uh, it, where do where do you go? You know, where do you go? That, that, would, that would be my ultimate: is me go to New Hampshire. My wife stay here. She can come up and visit on the weekends, and <laughs> everybody's happy. You know? Do you I see yourself know. ever going into a bigger shop that isn't in your house, or do you see yourself um, moving to a different house with a bigger shop? Yeah, be I, I, that's what I'd like to do. Max, my youngest, my son, he's uh, my favorite son. He's um, <laughs> he's a senior in high school, so you know. I said to my wife the other day, I said, you know, in the spring we could move, you know, and she's like, mm-hmm. I'm not going anywhere. You know, she has a job where she would never leave the woman she works for and uh, she adores her and so you know I, I'm fortunate enough that I have a multifamily and you know we may just you know one day take over the first floor small apartment to rent out the second floor and find something elsewhere that's why I, I joke around saying I'd move away and she could come visit but you know realistically she would never leave so she would stay here but I couldn't see getting a shop you know, outside the house, I, I would definitely look into moving, though. And I, I I would like to have a nice shop, a standalone barn at my house. And, um, you know, you only go through this once. I, I think next year I really am going to look into that because it's a dream I've always had. And, you know, I'm kind of starting to realize that, you know, you only get so many days here. And I, I want to, you know, fulfill some of my dreams. And that's one thing I want. I want to have a shop, like a legitimate shop and uh you know a couple other things that go along with it you know i just you know how it is when you're just crowded it kind of sucks you know oh yeah if that's something you want to do you got to do it yeah, yeah no you have 100 yeah yeah so that we'll see 2021 i hear it's going to be a great year oh, yeah God. it better get better than this one i can't be much worse could it? <laughs> i hate to say that i, I was i was thinking about it this morning because you know it's already september and i'm like all right we're in the fourth quarter of 2020 uh, yeah. yeah what the hell is gonna happen now <laughs> we're in the fourth quarter but it's like i feel like there's you know like it was just a tough year for everybody's business. can you imagine this year's like on the downhill side like I, it seems like it just started well that's the thing it's like and i feel like from every perspective just because we were all locked down for so long and i know personally like from a business perspective like it's been a slower year than i expected you know, and I think everybody in every business, unless you were a hospital, had mm-hmm. a slower year than you expected. Because unless you're a every, hand sanitizer company. Yeah, unless you're making face masks. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like it was it was kind of a slower year. And now I'm looking back at my books and I'm thinking about the work that I did this year and, I'm, you know, I'm talking to people and I'm like, you know what, there's still time to like do more that – you know, that makes this year like memorable in a positive way from a, from a, like a, a project perspective, mm-hmm. you know? And, uh, it's like, I was just thinking like, all right, this is it. I got four months left to like do a couple more things that, you know, are going to make me feel like this was a successful year. I mean, and you know, I feel like we all had really good years despite everything that went on. I mean, Paul, you went into a new shop, Derek, you took a huge step with the uh, CNC machine. 
Yeah. You know, like it's been a big year. All I did was bury myself with more and more equipment, but at the end of the day, it was all for the best. So I don't know. I just, it, it was just an interesting kind of uh, moment where I just thought about how we're in the last, the last 25% of 2020. Yeah. yeah. I hope yeah. nothing worse happens. But I don't know. I feel bad for all the kids like in college and high school and that are supposed mm-hmm. to be graduating. It's their senior year. It's like all my friends are in college. Yeah. And yeah, all well, like, my daughter's was a senior. I know it sucks. It's it, terrible. It, yeah, yeah. These I colleges... feel bad for the little kids. Oh yeah, I, I, I get bothered. My I was working in, in Boston. Well, I work in Boston every day, but <laughs> I seen a bunch of kids and uh, little kids like six, seven years old. And when I see the little kids with the mask, it just it it's kills sad. me to see that. It's horrible. It just I don't know why. It bothers me so much. It's just like, you know, adults, it, it, it's funny. One of my brothers, he lives in New Hampshire. And like I said, New Hampshire, it's live free or die. And he calls me, he says, I got a question for you. Are they, you. Are they says, dying up there? <laughs> no, no, yeah. And uh, he says, is it some kind of effing law where you got to wear a mask in Massachusetts? I go, yeah. It's like, uh, you know, it's it's not a law, but it's, what is it? They call it an ordinance. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I mean, it, you have to. So uh, he's like, yeah, everybody's got them on. I was like, yeah, they all come to Massachusetts, you know. And uh, it's just funny because, you know, just like I said, he's about an hour from me. You know, so he's up there a little ways. But uh, it, it just, you know, it's just so different from state to state, you know. And um, I was talking to Nick Zametti, uh last night and um, over in the U.K. And he's saying how they're talking about shutting things down again because the numbers are going up. And he said, like, a lot of people over there, they, they don't take it serious and they don't wear masks. And uh, I don't know if it's just because Massachusetts is, you know, Massachusetts is a very liberal state. And uh, if, you know, people just conform here or what, you know, what's happened in other parts of the country. But, like, everybody in Massachusetts wears, a, you know, a, a mask. You'd be better off walking around without pants than mm-hmm. without a mask. You know, you get away with it. But, uh, you know, it's just, um, I don't know, it's just it's just sad to see the little kids, you know, uh, you know, going to school with the masks and stuff like that. Yeah, on on the school, I saw him go by on the school bus, separated with the masks on. Yeah, it's yeah. like it's even be so masks. Like my my partner at work, he's got four boys, and two of them or three of them started in a new school um, last year, and they were only basically in school for a couple months, right until February, and they kind of just started to make friends and now oh. you're back at that school and it's like they they are you know how do you how do you meet people you know how do you how how does a how do like three boys make new friends when you only have like basically zoom yeah to, to talk to people and it's like he's he's worried because they haven't really said they he said that they haven't started to like come at come at him about it yet they haven't started to say like dad you know like we wish we were back at our old school he's like but i i'm thinking about it he's like so there's no way that they're not uh yeah that they're not thinking about it it's like oh and if maybe they don't realize it but it like it's probably gonna have some type of you know it's not the best situation for all these kids no I, well i was like, thinking it's gonna about screw it. them up a little bit oh yeah, yeah. i, I don't know what to do. like, what if uh you know i mean 
while you're a young male. Like, yeah. you know, just, just like going out and meeting girls and stuff. Like, it's mm-hmm. got to be, like, just just weird. And then it's like, God forbid, you meet somebody, and it's like they take that mask off, and they get those gnarly teeth or something. Uh. You know? <laughs> a mustache, you got a mustache or something. Yeah. Like, Holy shit. You know, but no, yeah. seriously, it's just, catfish it's all just these weird. They're catfishing everybody. One of my, uh, one of Angela's friends actually met a guy through zoom during the pandemic and they started dating and now they're actually like they're doing great and it you know huh. he uh he doesn't have like no like lower jaw but <laughs> you know like he's he's normal yeah but uh no it's crazy yeah no it's just weird. what a time to be alive yeah what what uh have you guys forgotten any new tools i know derek got something new. i uh you? i might have snuck a new tool in here what'd you I, get uh, well, I was lucky enough to uh, rekindle an old friendship with a, um, a sponsor, Lincoln Electric. And uh, they were nice enough to send me a Square Wave 200 uh, TIG welder. And um, I tell you, I love it. It's almost like cheating welding. It's, uh, I wouldn't say it's easy because if you look at my welds, it's not easy. But what I was using, it's so much better than that. And um, I just I, I just love it. I just you know, Lincoln's been very, very good to me, and I appreciate the support. But um, I was just kind of blown over when I when I got this thing. It was like just, it just really excited. So they sent me the whole get up, and so I look like a real welder and stuff. I don't weld like a real welder, but um, it's um, you know, it's just nice. I um, ordered some stuff from Jody. I actually just got it today, and um, I paid for it for people that are wondering because I've got a lot of comments about my free stuff. For a guy who's got everything, you know, when the comments start starting like that, you know, you got problems. But, um, you know, I just tell them what Jimmy used to tell me. You know, you want free stuff, stop posting your own shit, you know. Mm-hmm. And you can get it, too. It's there for everybody. You know, you just got to do it. But, um, but yeah, no, I, I like it. It's um, it's, a, it's a great welder. I, um, I've been enjoying using it. I haven't used it a ton, but I have been using it. And, um, yeah, I love it. I love it. So, that's what my new tool is. Yeah. Who yeah. the hell's commenting that giving you problems? Um, like you know, no, Rob and these companies at gunpoint. Yeah, they're no. the ones sending you this stuff. Yeah, well, obviously well, it's in their best interest to give you stuff so you can promote it. I don't get these. One, I mean, it, it's hard to tell. Like one, it, it was kind of you know, like you know, when, just like a text, you kind of lose a little bit. Yeah, you know, that's true. In translation, but I kind of thought it was funny. The guy was kind of like. It must be nice getting everything for free and no, they don't must- send me anything for free. And then I'm like kind of saying to myself, you know, then it kind of went to, you know, being a sellout. And I'm saying, well, you're bitching at me because I got stuff for free. You tried and couldn't mm-hmm. get it. So like you because yeah. you couldn't be a sellout. Now it's yep. bad. You know, I tell people like- all the time that I've never gotten anything for free. Yeah, no. I've never get- gotten anything for free no because company. everything that I get, I got to work to get. Yeah, they, they, nobody's giving you anything for free. There's a string attached, and you have to, mm-hmm. you know, promote it, use it, whatever. And, you know, it, it works for both parties. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I mean, I understand because, believe me, I was on the other side of that, and I was frustrated, and I was jealous, and I wanted stuff. But, you know, just like Jimmy said, you know, stop posting some shit. Put your life out there. And, you know, maybe you'll get noticed, too. And, you know, luckily I did. You know, I've had some help from some people. But, you know, a lot of the stuff I get, I pursue on my own. And I talk with these companies. And, you know, I'm very fortunate that they, 
you know, want to work with me. But, um, you know, it's, um, you know, I don't get everything for free. I do get a lot of stuff for free. But like I said, it's, uh, you, you do have to work for it. You have to do something for it. It's not just given to you. You know, there are mm-hmm. strings attached. And, you know, like I said, it's there for everybody. If anybody wants it, contact the companies yeah, take, I work for. And uh, I'll even give you the names of the people you can contact. Take, you know? They got to just take the time to, you know, make stuff. I, I Like time and money are essentially the same thing. Yeah. You know, whether you're, yeah. put, you're using your time to get the free stuff or you're just working you yeah. know, at a regular job, making money yeah. and buying the free stuff. It's the yeah. same thing. I found yeah. that sometimes it's easier to just make the money and buy the stuff. Yeah. You yeah, might be, exactly. you might spend more time on yeah. the video to try and get the free thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's I, nothing's, yeah. for, nothing's for free. Nothing's free. I, I looked this up the, uh, the other day. Cause I was talking to somebody cause you know, I just got some nice new machinery in my shop. I got my new CNC's and they're both amazing machines. And it's no secret that I work with both of those companies and you know you can imagine the deals that i work to to have those machines in my shop and i i looked up the cost of a tv ad and so i'll I'll read this so it's for local television stations advertisers can expect to pay a minimum of five dollars per 1000 views for a 30 second commercial right so when you have an ad on tv you have to imagine that like I don't know. I don't. There's probably statistics for this, but I would I would think 25 percent of the people that see the ad are interested in it, right? So you're, you're I, I don't even think so. I don't think. I think it's like that. 10%, yeah. let's say 10 percent, yeah. right? Yeah, so 10 percent. So essentially, now you're paying five dollars per, you know, 10 percent of a thousand per hundred views. Now, if you take that same math and you apply it to somebody like us that, you know, or anyone that has any sort of social media reach at all, whether it be a hundred people, a hundred thousand people, a million people, the people that follow a social media influencer, you know, especially in our world where there's a lot of products being shown that are applicable to our work, everyone that follows us is interested in what we're doing. So they're all interested in the products that we're using. So for a, for a brand to give you something that's worth you know, $1,000 retail, which means it's probably worth about $600 in their cost mm-hmm. to give it to someone. It is such an easy conversion for them to justify that $600, no cash out the door, just a product in the mail. It's like, it's, it is, it's like the equivalent of seeing a guy on the street and instead of him asking you for a dollar, he said, Hey, do you have a nickel you could spare for me? And you're not going to even think about it. You go, yeah, sure. You want a nickel? That's fine. You know, like take it. So, you know, these people that think that, you know, at the end of the day, 99.9% of the time, the the person getting the quote unquote free product or getting, even getting paid by these advertisers is actually getting like the, the worst part of the deal, you Mm -hmm. know, like, and listen, I'm not to say that you, me or, or all of us. And I know because we all deal with this stuff all the time. We're all so appreciative of the, of the partnerships that we have with our brands. But what, the worst thing is when people start getting on you about, you know, the, the relationships you've worked to build and the stuff that you get, you know, for quote unquote, for free. Yeah. Well, it's funny because I, I shouldn't bring them up, but I'm gonna, Jimmy shared with me a comment that somebody had sent him and, uh, of his, um, gate video. <laughs> and it was so funny. It was about his, um, I forget what you call it. The, the welding um the ranger the ranger yeah and i was gonna name it the other one i didn't want to get myself in trouble <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> that one came in my head but um 
he, I mean, it was kind of funny. He was using it as a generator to power up his welder in his video. So somebody commented about it and just what a disgrace it was and all this stuff. And, you know, it, See, that's, I, wait, they said it was a God. disgrace because he was using the, the, the ranger to power. Yeah, hold on. But that's like a very common thing to do. Yeah. Why? Yeah, do you but they were saying that person doesn't saying, have a. Why cool. not? Hold on. I'll tell you. Why not what? Stick that. weld it? Yeah. Yeah. Why stick not stick weld it? Yeah. So yeah. they wrote because uh, everybody called? wants to try to 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 get an, uh, a lift arc so that you can weld a freaking three quarter inch hinge. It says it's amazing how Lincoln can give you a three whatever on a trailer for free advertising, but you are a hack as a welder. What the <laughs> ma- what's the matter? Jimmy can't stick weld. Enjoy your free hundred kilowatt generator that will never get used. Thank God for the idiot proof MIG welding MP mostly professional. So Jimmy gave him some things, right? I said to Jimmy, I says, know what you should have replied back? Which one were you talking about? I got two. You know, that, that's what I would have said to the guy, you know. And um, But, you know, it was like Jimmy like went back and forth with the guy. But it's like, you know what? Like, I get pissed. I, I get defensive, Jimmy, because you know, I, I love the guy. He's been so good to me. I, I It's no secret. But that guy will do anything for anybody. You know, anybody is a, is like just a, a like what do they say, like a friend he hasn't met yet. I've never met somebody so like caring and, you know, wanting to like better everybody. Mm-hmm. And for somebody to like to knock him like that, I'm like, what a piece of shit. You know, it just yeah. it just really rubs me the wrong way. You know, and I, it's like I get it with the guy saying, but it's like, you know, what? but the guy's kind of wrong. No, but the guy's kind of wrong, though, because. That's why they make suit first. I don't think the guy knows what he's talking about because that's why they make suitcase welders. Because there's times yeah. there's times where you you want to use a wire feeder. Jimmy yeah. didn't have a suitcase welder, but he's got a MIG welder that he could run. All. That's why they have a two forty volt outlet on on you know yeah. en- engine drive welders. Is yeah. if you want to power a TIG welder or if you wanted to bring a little MIG welder in, like JD. I don't think anyone's gonna argue with JD. Yeah, I think he mm-hmm. runs his one uh, one forty off of his ranger yep like i don't i, I don't you're, think the guy has a clue about, what he's talking about if i had to guess about a, a guy that's probably you know yeah like, he's probably, probably you know 500 pounds and he's in his basement <laughs> you know and he's all mad because he's well you know. it's so funny because like you know we look at you know we look at a lot of the stuff that we do as like it, it's really enjoyable and it, it's kind of open for interpretation i'll never forget i met a guy once um, at a garage sale and he was selling a grinder and he, oh, what kind of work do you do? I said, oh, I do fabricating stuff. He goes, oh, do you do any welding? I go, yeah. He goes, what type? I said, you know, kind of whatever, like, you know, I do MIG welding, shitty type, TIG welding. I said, <laughs> I do a lot of grinding. Um, and then I weld in between the grinding Yeah. and whatever we're joking. And I go, what about you? He goes, oh, I was, I was a welder my whole career. And I go, what time? He go, what type? He goes stick welding. And I go, okay. He goes, yeah, a lot of pipe stuff. And I go, oh, okay. So he's I, go, good. Do you, I go, do you still do it? No, he's he good. Goes, <laughs> no, I go, I go, do you still yeah. do it? He goes, no, why would I? Yeah. I was like, what do you mean? He's like, I'm retired. I go, Oh, but you don't do anything. Like you don't like do when anything he's like, yeah. no, he's like, I don't, I haven't welded in, you know, 10 years since I retired. Yeah. Why would uh, I weld? Yeah. And I was like, I, I don't know. Why yeah. don't you? I don't know. I, I worked as a carpenter my whole life. And every day when I got home, I still went and did more stuff, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. um, hmm. but I just, I don't know. Maybe it was, it seemed like kind of generation so, like welding was his service that he had to do. It's like, well, it's so funny. Good. You just said that because I literally got another comment from somebody with all the Starrett stuff I got. <laughs> oh, and he's like, Oh yeah. No, but this guy was so cool. And he was like, Oh my God, this, 
that piece was so nice. This he goes, I have this, I have this. I go, oh, you a machinist? No, I'm a retired machinist. I work for the electric company. Mm. And this guy was just so cool and so supportive. And I've had like a little bit of dialogue going back and forth with him. But he was just saying like how he's retired and he doesn't machine anything anymore because that's what he did for a living. And I kind of was thinking the same thing, thinking like, well, don't you still make stuff on a lathe? Yeah. Like, you know, and he's like, no, you know, and um, it is. It, it's just funny how, you know, it, it's like that. But um, I don't know. I take it really personal because I feel like, you know, I, I really shouldn't. But it, it's like I don't think people realize, like, when you post a lot of this stuff online, like, I enjoy doing it. You know, I stay up late answering everybody's questions and mm-hmm. comments and concerns and you know like i said before a lot of people hate to bother you and i'm always like no it's not a bother but you know this woman with painting up by jimmy's and you know this and that and it's just um you know i take it personal because it feels like like i'm putting a little piece of my life out there for you to see and then for somebody to knock it like i just feel like it's kind of just sucks but you know I, I, I don't even understand the point of commenting really commenting in general besides like my friends yeah. i don't comment leave a yeah. positive comment or positive leave comments leave nice and i should comment i should do that more. it just has yeah. to be constructive and, and so it's funny because it's something that i've tried to start to do more often is like you know um like just on like somebody like Jason from Fireball, like every time he puts out a video, I watch them a hundred percent all the way through. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. And I always just leave a supportive comment. Like I'm not going to say a damn thing about what he's doing. Yeah. Even if I don't agree with something that he's doing, just because he has, unless, unless I really truly think there's something that I think he doesn't know about, like, Oh, like check out this thing. But even that I'd probably send him a private message because I don't, I don't need to do anything but give more positive reinforcement for the great work that he's already doing. And it's so funny because that guy we've talked about on here, stuff made here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That just made the basketball hoop that follows the ball. So I yeah. wrote a comment on his thing. I'm going to look it up right now. And I wrote, I wrote like amazing work as always, or something like that. Um, and let me, I'll tell you exactly. I got like torn apart. So I go, I wrote fantastic work, man. And I get five comments. Someone writes, dude, he got inspired by Mark Rober. Okay. And, and two people wrote, okay. Okay. Yes. So like, uh, so I didn't get torn apart, but just the fact that somebody took it's so funny that, you said that. Comment that said fantastic work. And someone's like, Oh, it's not great. He's inspired by somebody else. Like get over it. That's the way that I read it. I was like, what the, what the hell is wrong? His, his last video, I almost went through his comments cause I wanted to see how many people ripped him. I guarantee you there was a ton of, um, the video where he's talking and it's just his hands. And it reminded me of this old Tony. Yeah. Right. And I guarantee you, people are going to rip him about that. My thing is, like, I look at it, it's like, wow, this guy's definitely inspired by this old Tony. And, like, he just kind of wants to, like, beep like him a little bit. Like, you know, it might not even be that. Like, it might be my imagination, but that's how I envision it. But it's just funny how people, like, feel necessary. Like, I, I guarantee you, if you look at Jason from Fireball Tool, that, that vice is ridiculous, like, over-the-top cool, mm-hmm. right? How many people do you think are going to rip him? How stupid it is for such a huge vice you'll never use it or something. Oh, yeah, 100%. You know what I mean? Like, like it's like, who cares if he ever uses it? Yep. Like, that's it. That's not even the point of the vice. Just just to make a point, he should yeah. never use it. 
Yeah. He should like, like he should like uh like put it in glass, gonna use it. You know, like but yeah. you know, and, and it's funny because I love uh I love that he uses the I love that he uses the hot rod belt sander like all yeah. the time. You know, yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah. like why not? And like when that giant bandsaw that he built, like the the work but that this guy does probably gonna use it, but who yeah. cares? Yeah, like that's not the whole point of it. The point of it was like he had a piece of plate, he wanted to make something cool with it, and I think he pulled that off. I mean, that thing is crazy. Unbelievable. He's so talented, isn't he? Just it's like really when amazing. he made the um the inserts for the jaws and he gnarled them with the fly cutter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, 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 that was guy's, just, that guy's that, good. That was just so cool. Yeah, uh, that's amazing. I can't wait to see the hand wheel and everything, see it finish. I know. You know? I know. Uh, I don't know. I, I I don't I, I think anyone that comments something negative has literally got you know mental issues because if they think that what they have to say matters to anybody like there's something wrong with you I think yeah like, I, was, I, I don't yeah, it just doesn't even make sense there's but. so many you know what's shocking is just how many people there are out there yeah. that are doing yeah. it it's really crazy it's I feel like it's a lot of people too yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know I just never like unless I like unless my friends do something I always like. I got to do be better at it, but I'll comment. And if I see something that's like that blows me away, I'll comment. But other than that, it's like, well, why? Do, who who really cares what I have to say? Like, if I like the thing, I just keep watching them. I'll follow them. I'll like their stuff. I'll watch their stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's like, what do they care what I have to say? Yeah, I right. Care, I don't care what other people have to say. So why do they? Right, care I know. It's like I, I don't. It's kind of weird. I don't know. Comments are weird. I don't. I don't get it. I mean, at the end of the day, though, I was just talking to somebody about this recently. Like, comment all you want. Like, give me the thumbs up. The well, thumbs that's true. Down. It all take, goes to the same thing. You know, and it, and it's all it, people don't realize that like every comment is good for the creator. Mm-hmm. Someone could have a video where it has ten thousand comments, and every single one of them says this video sucks, and that video will continue to do better and get yeah. more engagement and more views. The more you tell the the universe that it sucks, the more YouTube is going to push it to more people. Look at that video they did the rewind. Remember they did that like YouTube oh the most video? disliked the YouTube most video. Disliked, you know. Um, I mean, that obviously was their own video. So I'm sure once it started to go down, they probably pushed it further because let it become like a meme, you know, like at that point, you know, it's a dumpster fire. You know what? That video was bad though. Yeah, it was. That was, that was a bad video. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, so anyway, what do you guys have coming up next? Derek, what's next? What's next for Derek? What's Uh, next for Derek? Hmm. That's um, a good question. I don't know. I It's funny. I've had a bunch of people this week ask me about um, Christmas presents, which is good because I thought I was going to be busy doing a secret special project, but that kind of fell through. So I really didn't have much of anything going on. And um, so I was a little nervous about it, but I had probably like at least eight requests for sports signs. So I'm going to be making them and giving them away for free so I don't get in trouble with any copyright laws or anything like that. So anybody who wants one, <laughs> I do ask for a donation, though. But, um, no, I, I'm going to be doing um, some logos and stuff like that. That That's pretty much all I get going on right now. Um, yeah, maybe a project around the house. I got a big project that I want to try to tackle and surprise my wife. But, um, yeah. I don't. Uh, I don't have too much going on, to be honest with you. Paul, what do you got? 
Um, I don't even know. What am I doing? I got a couple small jobs. Nothing too exciting. Railing. Oh, what you got a railing? new welding table you're coming to get. I do have a new welding table I'm coming to get. I got to go down to Chris. I got to pick up his acorn table. That's right. When's that happening? I think Friday. Friday. Hopefully. Think. Oh, really? Uh-huh. Yeah. But um, nothing too interesting. A small little stainless steel railing job. Some other railing jobs. Preparation for a big building that we got to build. Railman. Yeah, a lot of railings. They're, they're not bad, though. When, when you do stainless steel railings, does the stainless steel come nice? Yeah. Already? You got to like, buy it, and then you got to get it sent to get polished before. Oh, like, really? Yeah, they'll send it to a place, and you could pick the different type of finish you want. And then it, you know, it always gets scratched, so that's why you got to refinish it. But, yeah, 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 yeah it yeah. doesn't come raw. Like, you, you can buy it part, raw. Like is, just is with, that part of the price? Like, like, when you buy it, like you say, like, I need – a hundred feet of like brushed finish. Yeah, wheeling. exactly. Like, it's at the place shitty. Then they send it to place. They get it. Exactly. Brushed. What's the turnaround for something like that? A I don't know, like a month, uh, maybe a couple of weeks, oh, like a really? month. Yeah. Some, so it depends. Order, huh? yeah. It depends with the place. You, sometimes they'll do it there. If it's not a lot, if they, I mean, it, it depends on the situation. I think they have the ability to do it or they'll send it to a place if they need to. Now, um, if, if you get bigger, is that something you would do yourself, or is that just no, something you, done? you don't do that? I would finishing. I wouldn't do that. It, I mean, there are people that have like time savers. Like it, like there yeah. might be times where you want to like send something through again, but you wouldn't ever. It wouldn't make sense to me to ever buy okay. it like yeah, raw yeah. and do yeah, the yeah, whole process yeah. myself. Yeah, okay. I'm just not so, set up for so, it. Yeah. When we did the uh, stainless range hood, me and Matt, um, when we made the pot rack for it, the stainless was unfinished. Oh, really? Um, it was just it was um, quarter by two flat stock, so it mm-hmm. has square corners, which is really nice. But I have a time saver for the wood shop, and you know we're we're going back and forth, and you know obviously it got welded, so it had heat marks on it, and we were trying to do the surface finishing. And Matt's like, dude, let's just throw it through the drum sander. So yeah. we actually did. We I I, I built a jig that would because uh, the the pieces were pretty short, but I built a jig out of plywood that would hold the pieces, and then we actually sent them through the drum sander, um, and it gave us like really beautiful brushed finish. It was a one twenty grit, you know, sandpaper finish, and then from there we brought it up with the Scotch Bright on the you know on the wheel, the the little surface conditioning thing, and um, I never really thought to even use the time saver for metal and obviously like it's you know you're going to take a lot of the grit out of the uh the sandpaper but it was it was worked out great that was a real pain of a project it was the first range hood we'd ever built and it was a lot of work that's not an easy thing to make no not an easy thing to make you have to to charge so much just because the amount of time it like yeah didn't get a chance to do that part uh we did the project but the charging so much yeah It just shows you how, like, those machines, like, in factories, how, mm-hmm. like, it just makes things affordable. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? You really think about, like, that range hood. I mean, I don't know what you charge. I know you must have told me back then, but. $7,000. Yeah. Not yeah. That, that could have yeah, been, that that been, like, $12,000. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? And if mm-hmm. that thing was made in a factory, it'd probably be, like, $1,500 right. foot. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it, it just, uh, it's just amazing how it increases production. Yep. All that shit. So I commented on that video that he makes that he works in a factory and makes one range hood every day. And I was like, that's great because it took us like 15 man days to make this thing. So yeah. clearly you've got it figured out. You know, but if you have like you know, listen, if you have a press break set up, 
and you have a laser welder so you can do like a perfect corner. Like Matt had a TIG weld every corner and then we had to blend every corner. And if there was a pit hole, he had to go back and fill it without burning through. You know, it was 16 gauge brushed stainless. So we were literally trying to do as little as we possibly could to the stainless so that when we rebrushed it, it looked perfect. And at the end of the day, you know, completely, I can, I can say from an outside perspective, even though we made it, like it is flawless. It didn't have a single scratch that was out of line, but mm -hmm. you know, we killed ourselves to do it. And I think altogether we made like 1500 bucks in profit on it. <laughs> you know, it was like nothing. But, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I don't know what I have coming up. Uh, what do I have coming up? Well, I got a new welding table coming, so that's going to totally disrupt what's going on in the metal shop. And then I've got some, some little steel work. I'm doing some ladders uh, and a railing for a, a guy that he, he built these really nice bunk beds for his kids and he needed some steel work done. So I'm doing that. Um, and that's it. I'm, I'm preparing for something going on over here coming up in a couple of weeks. That's, kind of going to take me take me away from the shop for a few days but otherwise i think you know just chugging along i have so many uh new projects that i want to get started on i just bought a planishing hammer and an english wheel but neither of them have come well the english wheel i have to pick up at harbor freight but the planishing hammer isn't coming till the end of the month because i want to try to do some sheet metal stuff no, no, no. So, just looking at one of those on craigslist but i don't have the room for one can you buy it for me and then i'll cancel the order that i ordered the crappy uh, one from amazon it's so funny i was just moving those uh sheet metal pieces we made there last year out in cleveland oh yeah it's not that i always wanted to do i i when i watched that guy um um what's it jonathan prince there or whatever mm -hmm, yeah he just had a post today of like an hour piece of artwork he did that it's just amazing. Like, I just love that shit. I would love to do something like that just with the metal, you know? Yeah, I was. I tried to find a used uh, planishing hammer and a used English wheel on, like, Facebook Marketplace and Craigslist and everything. And, like, the English wheel is, like, 250 bucks from Harbor Freight, and the planishing hammer that I ordered it's on Amazon bad. was, like, 170 So, like, I spent, yeah. like, under 500 bucks, and both of the, the planishing hammer doesn't have a stand, but the English wheel does. But the way I'm going to set them up, is I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna make them so that they both mount to the new welding table so that I don't have to have them like taking up floor space because I'm only gonna you know I'm gonna use them like every once in a while, mm. but like I don't know some guy had had them used on Craigslist he wanted 450 bucks for the two of them and they were both like beat up and at that point it's like you know I might as well buy these kind of two crappy ones and then because if you look at those kind of tools the step up from like the Chinese ones are like really expensive. You know, yeah. like if you go and buy like a nice planishing hammer, it's like three thousand dollars. Yeah. So I don't think there's any reason not to buy the uh, the hundred and seventy dollar one. Plus, I've seen my friend Matt, who everyone should go follow on Instagram uh, at Metal Me. I've seen him make some unbelievable gas tanks with the Harbor Freight planishing hammer and the Harbor Freight English wheel. That's so. what I was just about to ask you: is rat yard rats making you make them some gas tanks? No, they believe me. Matt actually built. Matt just built. Uh, you remember the the Yoder power hammer that was at the power hammer event? Yeah. And Matt just built himself one of those. Really? And I gave him a three phase motor. He bought a VFD. He made the little linkage arm. So it's essentially wow. like a tiny little power hammer, and he built it off of I think plans that he bought, but he hasn't posted any photos of it. And he did such a good job He's on so it. So good. So overbuilt. It looks like. 
probably weighs like a thousand pounds and yeah. it's speed controlled. I think he, I don't know if he's putting a foot pedal on it or something, but, um, but it's just, it's like, it's so nice. And, um, it just got, I was looking at uh, videos of somebody doing some sheet metal work. Oh, and it was Max Hazen. Oh yeah. It was Paul's last recommendation. And I was like, you know what? Like for the money, like why not just get the stuff and try it out? Cause you really can't replicate the work you get out of an English wheel. Like, without something like that. I mean, remember those bowls we made? You guys used the English wheel yeah. for five minutes and you were able to make them nice, you know? So The sheet metal stuff amazes me because, like, I could probably figure out how to get, like, let's say you had to make, like, fenders for a car, right? Mm-hmm. I could probably get the one, you know, figure yeah. out the one side. Now, to go replicate it and make a mirror image, that I couldn't do. No shot. Like, that's great. Or make one half of a gas tank and then make the other half. Like, that's unbelievable to me because it's so like different i don't know there's something you know what's crazy too how does the sheet metal not just like fatigue and like there's so much goes into it like mm-hmm. bending it shrinking it stretching it rolling it out making it smooth like it's amazing that it even holds up yeah and it's like structural still you know i mean yeah and and then think about what people do out of aluminum you know a lot of people do a lot of yeah. body work in aluminum and they shape and they anneal and it work hardens and they stretch it and it's like you know, when you, you're, you're stretching that metal, you're only, you only have so much metal. So when you stretch it, it it's like when it's you stretch silly thinner, yeah. it's thinner, you know, like it, you're only given the amount of mass that you, you know, you start with. So that'd be, a, that'd be a cool thing to do. Oh, sorry. I, there, I, go ahead. No, that's all right. Um, that's why I loved that show. Um, it was on years ago, American hot rod. And they used to bring their cars to this guy. It was like an Italian guy and his two sons and they, um, they were like steel fabricators, like with like sheet metal. I mean, and uh, they would like just make all the body panels and stuff. But they made an aluminum car, and if I remember correctly, it was called like the Aluma Tub. It was like a like a knockoff of a like a you know, like a thirty two Ford or some bullshit. But it was um, just amazing, and it was like just like everything else. It was like small snippets of them, but it was just so cool to watch. It was like this is some guy I watch on YouTube. I think like Roy Covington or something. Uh-huh. Yeah. He does it all. He builds the box and everything, and it's amazing how people do it. You know, like that kid at um, that thing, not a uh, workbench con in Spring May class. Yeah. Year, big no. show there. It just it's it's really like you said to duplicate something's the hard part. You know, it's just. Anybody could bang something out, but to duplicate, it's different story, you know. Yeah, and I've watched Matt. Uh, I've watched Matt do it before, and just like seeing the, seeing the the process. Like Matt actually went and took some classes with a guy um, in upstate New York, and you know he he learned, you know how to make the forms, and it's 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 so interesting, and like, you know, it's something that like all of us would would probably love to like and be able to catch on to because it's so similar to the work that we already do but like one of the things that was seemed so simple but it, it was like so eye-opening was matt was making a uh, a gas tank right and he made one half and then he starts like laying out all this tape on it right and he's doing the blue tape and then he gets the banded tape you know like uh-huh. the the yeah. reinforced tape uh-huh. and i'm like what are you doing and he's showing me how like he's making he tapes over the whole piece of metal and then he peels the tape off and then it holds the form of the metal exactly so that when you're uh, making the next piece you've got it's not like a piece of paper it's not a piece of cloth it's yeah. an exact replica of that bend but yes. it's in tape so like until it fits perfect it's not done 
and it, mm. it just never even I never would have thought to replicate that. Yeah. And then after he did that, I was I had to make patch panels for my uh, my old Jeep that I had before I sold it. And I was like, how the hell am I going to replicate this panel? And I was like, oh, I'll do what Matt did with the tape. So I took blue tape and I, I covered this whole big area of the Jeep. And then I cut out with a knife and then I took that piece of tape, you know, and like made a little template. But, you know, it. I, I've never done any body work, but watching him work for 15 minutes, I learned a technique that I've used like on a couple different things. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. that's why I feel like it's so important to, you know, invest. I invested 500 bucks in these cheap metal tools. I might make garbage with them, but the stuff that I'll learn while making it, I feel like it's, it's got to translate into other work, you know? It's kind of irrelevant. It's just like, I just love like trying something new. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I would love to have room to have tools like that. Same thing. Like, I would probably never even make anything with it, you know? And, yeah. um, but it's just the fact to try it and play with it and use it. And for me, like, that's half the fun, you know? Just like, three quarters of the fun. Okay. I'll go three quarters. <laughs> well, like, it's like when we got back from Spring Make last year, we got. We got back, we went over to Jimmy's, and he's like, oh, I have an English wheel. And we had those, like, crappy, like, bucks. You know, I didn't even get to do it because I had to leave that night. But I remember you guys sending me photos of, like, the bowls that you returned. And I was like, damn, like, like, but he had that English wheel. Do you think he's ever used that English wheel on anything else? You know? No. No, but you know what? Like, one day he will. That's what I always am so impressed with Jimmy. Like, he like will let something go, and you're like, he ain't fucking touching that thing again. And then like months later, he'll dig it out, and like that big ass knife he made. Like I was with him in the winter, we're freezing our asses off, and like he posted that video in the summer, and it's like if you watch it, the progression of his clothing. He goes, you know, fall, winter, you know, spring and summer, you know, and um, but he just will finish what he does, just like those gates. Yeah, I mean, I laughed at him when he put those poles in. I go, those freaking poles will be there forever. Uh-huh. They are there forever, but now they got gates on them. You know, he does follow through. I right. love those gates. He did uh, a great so, job. Those, those, I made, me and my mom watched that video. Those gates are so cool. Dude, what an asshole at the end with the hat on. And oh, it was so funny. Jerk. I love it. <laughs> he got a big cowboy hat at the end. Oh, did he? I didn't see, see the very end of the yeah, video. Very end. Comes out with a big cowboy hat, like he's oh, on the ranch and shit. Big asshole. I, I didn't that. realize that he was going to put wood in them, and when he did, I was like, "Wow, it totally changed the design of them." Dude, and they look so, so good. I liked it, but I like it both ways. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm like, "Oh wow, this is cool!" Like the metal, like this. And then he puts the wood. I'm like, "Oh, that's that's cool too." Like it was just yeah. Yeah. such a great design. I always like break his ass about that. Like that for me. Like when I first started watching Jimmy. Like, that was always, like, the classic DeResta, if you would, um, video. Like, he, like, almost brought something to the end. And you're like, that's cool. And then he does one more thing to it to be like, no, no, that's cool. You yeah. Know? And, uh, and it's just like, that's what that reminds me of, the wood. You know, like, they were fine the way they were. Everybody would have been happy, but he had to do, like, one more thing to it, you know? The only thing I was surprised that I didn't see out of it was some, like, complicated way to lock it with his big-ass padlock. Yeah. That's what I was yeah. expecting when I was watching the video. I was like, yeah. all right, he's going to put some sort of, like, hidden hasp so that he can put that big-ass yeah. padlock that he made. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but, no, they came out great, and it's it's – like it's lit a fire under my ass because one of the things I really want to do is put gates up in my property up by Jimmy's house. Still those. 
well, that's what I was thinking. Since he put the hinges on upside down, right? I'll just yeah. uh, lift the gates off the hinges. I you think know? that's exactly the yeah. way you're supposed to do it, though. No, it is. It is. He did it completely right. I mean, everybody. That's how I did it when I made those gates. When I I, I basically ordered the same type of hinges he made. Yeah. Um. And I, yeah, I, just, I don't. I mean, I guess you could well, do it the other way. What do you, what do you do? Someone was commenting like on his, about which way he had the hinges, whether the the um, hinges, the gates were gonna hang on the hinges or what, what, I don't even know. Oh, so yeah, so basically he has like instead of having the pin facing down where it goes into a socket, yeah. he has the pin facing up with the socket on top of it. And the reason he did it was so that the socket wouldn't fill with water. Uh-huh. So that like the water would like or no the other way around. He's got he it the it, other way around. Yeah, yeah. He made it the other way. He made Doesn't it so that the water would always, yeah, the water wouldn't sit inside of a like a vessel so that it could rot. Yeah, yeah. and it yeah. was just like, but it, either way, it doesn't matter. Like, doesn't make it. I, I'm. I, I just matter. like, yeah. Like, isn't it kind of. Like six and one half and yeah. dozen and the other type you know, thing. And like like, there are other kind. It's funny too because you you can tell like somebody like Jimmy like he's so seasoned to deal with comments. Like one of the things he said, I remember I saw it on his story. He's like, "Oh, I made sure to put gaps between all the wood so that it can expand and contract." Because yeah, he's waiting for someone to say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was like, crazy. "Oh yeah," someone's gonna be like, "Oh my god!" Like, well, that's what I don't feel like. Ah, I, I, I always laugh. Like Bob Claggett's like classic. Like in the beginning of his videos, like he tries to lay down the ground rules for uh-huh. all the trolls. Like, yep. like you know, like he'd be like, "So this wood's gonna be, you know, a, a quarter inch smaller, so it's not gonna, you know." But yeah. he goes through every little thing. And I always laugh. I say, "You know, there's something that somebody's gonna think of that he forgot." You know. But, uh, oh, God, people suck. Uh, yeah, and that, that's something that I've been starting to do in my videos is, like, I do these kind of, like, before we get started, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. what we're doing, like, I'm, yeah. I'm going to be, like, and that's with the ramp video. There, I have I have so much editing to do. It's part of the reason why I haven't put out a video in so long is because I have so much editing going on. But, like, I just feel like I'd rather do a little precursor. And then, you know what, if you don't want to watch it, it's that much easier for you to just not watch it. You know, it's like... Yeah. You you want you you got the little intro. Um, nobody reads the damn description, so you got to uh, you got to get you got to spell it out for people. But. There's still people waiting for me to play my steel guitar. They're still mad that I didn't play it. What, I'm still waiting. It, it, it was so funny because like I screwed up all the wiring because I don't even know like anything about guitars, and it wasn't going to work because it was all going to basically short out on itself. But there were people. It was it was always going to be just a sculpture. Like I would like to figure out a way, like talk to like someone who makes guitars and figure out a way to actually make it work, like make a new one. But like I made the thing in like two days, and I'm like I didn't spend that much time on it. And the people like all oh, the the action. I don't know what the guitar term is. I think it was like the yeah, yeah, strength. All oh, the action is so big. I'm like, well, yeah, of course it is. I didn't even measure where I put the frets. I just lined it up with my existing guitar and eyeballed it and welded them on there. It's like, and then, and then all the people didn't even realize I didn't even put the little port for the amplifier for the, for the, uh, for the cord to go in. It was yeah, on the bottom of the guitar. It's never going to work though. Yeah. They, they missed that one. You should have burned it like Jimmy. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Derek, what's your next YouTube video? Oh God! Um, actually, we were editing the other night. Yeah, the uh, mirror. 
I think the the cookie slice. Okay. Yeah. So it's for sale if somebody wants to buy it. Nice. Where do you have it for sale? I haven't posted it yet. It's funny. My daughter Samantha, she messaged me. She's like, "Oh, that would look great over my couch." I'm like, "Yeah, it's uh, not for you." But uh, I have another one. I think uh, I asked her. I said, "What color would you like?" I think I'm going to make it for her and her boyfriend and send it to her. But um, I don't think she listens to this podcast. But um, yeah, that's going to be my next video. The cookie. Nice. So, yeah, yeah. We'll see. It'll be out in a couple months. Stay tuned. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Paul, have you uh, had any more luck with your filmer? I'm thinking about actually, this will be my first public uh, outcry. I I want to bring on somebody at the shop that wants to come here and like learn and use the camera, and I'll trade them access to my outrageous fabricating facility. Like I'll give somebody unlimited access to this shop if they can come here when I need them to film videos because I'm just I'm too tired of filming with a tripod. My um, it it worked out really good when I had my friend come. I I just got to come up with another video. I'm gonna ha- I'm definitely gonna have him come back as long as he wants to do it, and I'll just keep freaking paying him to do it. I don't care. Yeah, it's not, I don't even care about making money anymore. I just want to make every when I ever ha- when I come up with a cool video, I just want to make a cool video. I'm yeah. done with trying to. I don't know. I'm not doing it for money. I got a business. I just want to yeah, do it for yeah. fun. But I, I don't know. I have a couple ideas of things to do. See, I want to do I want to do videos for money and stop doing business for fun. Yeah, but then the videos, you know, the videos that are, you know, so fun, they don't they're not fun anymore. Yeah, I know. It's I like know. you can't win. It's like something's got it. Something's got to be your your job. Yeah. I don't know. Buying machinery. Yeah, well, that's what you really should be doing. I told you this a million times. I know. That's well, we're, we're in process. We're in process. All right, yeah. I'm going to look at a trailer on Sunday. Yeah. So uh, what's next? What do we do next? What's our next bit? What's our next? What's our next bit? What are we watching? What are you watching? What are we watching? What are you watching, Paul? Give me something good. Come on. Uh, just- I don't have a good watching thing, but I got good stories. But I uh, who I've just been watching. Uh, let me go through my YouTube uh, history. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been watching. Well, I've been watching a lot of Jay. Le- I've been. I oh my god, the pasta queen! I made one of her recipes. It was so freaking good. It was a, a butter sage sauce with pecorino romano with bucatini. Oh, man. A, little, a little bucatini uh, pasta it was so good. She's she's my favorite. I I followed her on Instagram. She has an Instagram now. Um, I'm trying to get you know. I want to get the same pots and pans that she has. They're you got it. You gotta have the what is what does she got? You gotta have whatever. Got, she's got. They're expensive. They're copper. <laughs> they're really expensive. Yourself, like Alex Pohl. I could do that. His are pretty cool though. Those ones that he makes. Um, but she. I've been watching her. I've been watching Jay Leno's Garage. I hit his his car. I, I'm got a real problem with cars and and stuff. And now motorcycles, I guess. But I love cars so much. And his, what he does is, like, so cool. And he, he knows everything about every single one of those cars in there. He knows how they work. He knows all the parts in them. He knows what. Yeah, he gets his hands dirty. Like, he he's does not- the work, too. Like, he's in there, I think, like, working on these things. Yeah. Like. That's why I always say. If I ever hit the lottery, I would lose every dime because I would just buy every cool car. That's what I would do. That's what I would do, too. I would do exactly what he's doing, probably. Mm. So cool. But I don't know. I don't know anymore, guys. All right, so Jay Leno. Jay Leno, I guess, is is one. Derek, what do you got? I am. I 
well, I watch, but I think everybody should go watch Brody Young. I think you should watch him, Chris, because this kid, I was watching, I was catching up on a couple of his videos last night. He's uh, making a folding knife. He is unbelievable with the CNC. And I was supposed to call him this morning, right? He's um, he's doing um, like the, I don't know what you call it, the knife names, but like for the fold, like the backbone or whatever. It's like mm-hmm. the back part of it. And he was having an issue. So he's like, oh, I'm going to machine it out of brass. So he starts cutting brass, and he's like, I don't know what I need to do for feeds and speeds. So I tried this and did this, and he's doing all these calculations. I'm like, man, this kid, like, kills it. It's like I'm breaking bits. I'm, like, just ruining shit. And he's just, like, he's got to figure it out, you know. Like, he knows what he needs to do to get things to cut. And it's like if you have a CNC, like, that's so liberating. It, people think it's so easy, and it's not. It's easy if you want to just cut MDF, you know, but if you want to cut something else, like, you got to know what the hell you're doing. And, like, that's where I get so confused. Like, when I bought some bits to cut brass, I got single-fluted bits because everybody said, oh, you can't get the spindle to go slow enough, and, you you know, you got to do this, blah, blah, blah. And then he's got three cutters on his bits and i'm like he's got them going fast and i'm like i don't know what the hell to do like do i want it to go slow or go fast but anyways brody young the uh young makers he just um he just does his stuff man on on the um cnc and just uh i tell you you can learn a lot from him and i tell you if you can get his cell phone number like i got oh boy i tell you that's the best i mean it's it's yeah, it sucks. He's only like 15, 16 years old. He goes to bed early, but uh, <laughs> he'll reply back in the morning. I didn't that one in the morning, like, hey, Brody, help me with this toolpath. Oh, dude, I, last night he's answering me. I was like, shouldn't you be in bed? But I was like, I don't know, maybe he stuck the phone up to bed oh, or something. You're funny. But, but no, he just, he just knows everything. He's so – like, with Vetrick, he just like – I mean, just like it reminds me of like a kid, like go skiing. They know how to ski right away. Like this kid, like just opened up Vetric. He went from easel to Vetric and just like, oh yeah, just this toolpath does this and this does this and this does this. You can do this. He knows like the whole program. I'm like, how does he know that? He's like, oh, I just like poke around. It's like I poke around and I don't know what the hell I'm doing still. <laughs> you know, but he, he's good. He's good. So Brody Young, Brody go check him out. The Young Makers. Yeah. Um. So I have been watching, well, I think we might have already done this guy on here, but his new video is just so freaking great. But My Mechanics. Oh, yeah. He made the stainless steel and brass eight ball. Oh, that crazy. That was really good. It is. And it's it like I watched the video twice. And mm-hmm. I'm like, this is so simple. It's so simple yeah. what he does. He drills a couple of holes and presses a couple of pins. And then. The way he makes the ball, though, with the indexing head, that was crazy. crazy. I've and I don't know. Maybe that's a maybe that's a known technique. Obviously, but I've never seen that. It looks scary, kind of. It's like wow. Yeah, I I I've never. I I thought he was gonna go back on the lathe and just get it really close because he's got to be. He's using a DRO to get the the sphere because mm-hmm. you can program a DRO to to calculate like the steps for a sphere. Mm -hmm. So I get that part, but figuring out how to cut that sphere with the freaking rotary was so crazy. Uh 
that nah. yeah that reminds me of a video you know that youtube channel veritasium mm -hmm. yeah, yeah he did a video on the world's roundest object which also is used i think they used it as the 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 benchmark measurement for a kilogram and they kind of did a similar thing but they ground it by hand with like two like moles that had like they put like an abrasive on it and they would like rub it almost the way what, what was the thing he had like a what was the thing he used on the mill an indexing head indexing head and then the thing that was spinning around it to carve it like because it was basically just carving a circle and he was spinning the ball yeah it was trimming it because the thing's spinning in a circle but like they ground this ball i forget what it was made out of it was like silica or some some kind of strange material mm. and it's the roundest object on the world on the face of the planet and they said that if you um expanded it and made it you know the same size as the earth the highest mountain and the lowest valley would only be 12 feet apart like that's how how round perfectly round this thing is wow like think about how the earth like if you look at the earth from space it looks pretty round right but then you got mm. you know, mount everest and then you got like the marianas trench in the ocean those mm. are miles and miles apart this thing is so round that if it was the size of the earth that the deepest point and the highest point would only be like 12 feet apart and it's crazy they, like let this guy hold it you had to put on a little like silk glove and he picked mm -hmm. it up it was crazy though it was it was a cool video I don't, know why, I don't know why it needs to be so round just to make it a kilogram i think i don't know but it was cool so funny you said that i um was working one time in a weather tower and um out in uh, the blue hills outside of boston and it's like an observatory and they have a I don't know how perfect it is, but I know it's very expensive. A glass sphere that um, they used to track the sun, I believe. And it was amazing. Huh. They did it. It's held up by like these pins and it just basically kind of floats there. And they put a sheet of paper behind it in this curved um, holder. And what it does, it's like fax machine paper. It's heat sensitive. And what it does, it makes a perfect pinpoint on the paper and as the sun goes around, it tracks it and it graphs it. And it was unbelievable. Wow. They, it's funny. They had two of them. And the guy said, so it sits at the top of the tower. And the guy said, like, back in the 40s, some kids came and they climbed the tower at night and they stole it. So they had to have <laughs> another one re-crowned. Oh, my God. And they found it years later at, like, an antique shop or something. Derek so and his they friends really, went up and stole yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, know, we you and your brothers. Our, we took off on our scooters. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, but uh, it just it was just amazing. I, I forget, like, how much it was worth. It was just. Oh, looks looks like Derek got cut off there a little bit on the end. But anyway. That's all right. That's all right. So listen, folks. It's episode 12. And we got stuff to give away. We've had some technical <laughs> difficulties. Listen, none of us. None of us are really. None of us are really that. Uh, capable when it comes to using the Instagram, um, so we're all still trying to figure out how to uh, how to post to our story, our feed. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, things have things have just been really busy, but check us out on Instagram at handmade at the handmade podcast. Is it handmade? No, podcast? I don't remember. Hey, Follow. We do this every time. <laughs> you made it. You got to know what the name is. But you guys all have the password. I don't know. So I forgot know what the password is. was. All you right, listen. First day. Can you the tell me right now? <laughs> I, can't, I could. Because by the, at this point, we're like an hour and 40 minutes in. There's probably three people left yeah. listening to the podcast. So listen, if you've made it this far, okay, 
I, now I'm not kidding. We're going to do a giveaway. Okay. We're going to do a giveaway. Now, in the comments of the giveaway, I'm going to post the giveaway um, the day that this episode comes out, which is Wednesday. It's going to be Wednesday, September 16th, 2020. And in the comment on the giveaway, if you've made it this far, I want you to comment about Paul's wakeboarding career. Make any comment. Don't just write the word wakeboard. You have to write something about Paul trying to become the youngest U.S. national Olympic wakeboarder (laughs) on on the Olympic wakeboarding team. Comment about it, and that'll get you two entries into the giveaway. It'll Ask double him, your don't entry. Don't they only have 140 characters? Oh, that's Twitter. That's Twitter. They can comment as long as they Adam want. Comment okay. whether they think I have a better chance at being a MotoGP racer yes. or a professional wakeboarder. Yes, that's the, that's the comment. <laughs> you, have to, you have to say whether or not Paul will uh, will get to lean into the turns and put the knee yeah. down or yeah, if he's going to do like the triple Lindy on the wakeboard. Yeah. Because um, his parents don't like the water either. They might let him get the money. I said to my mom. What's worse, the water? I said to my mom. I said, "You, all you would like me to do is lay in bed I under was just a blanket say, in a pillow." Yeah, she, she, that, that would make her happiest if it was upstairs in my bed watching TV, you know, and she could come bring me food, and I could be there like a veal, just <laughs> up in my bed, just like. And she said, "You know what? You're like right." She goes, she goes, she started laughing. She goes, you're right. That's honestly, she goes, that would make me feel the best. And I go, and I'm not going to do that. All right. I got to live a little bit. Like, <laughs> I love that. Well, no, it's funny. It's like, as a parent of four children, it's like the first one you kiss so much about. The last <laughs> one is like, my Max whatever. It's like, whatever. It's like the diaper bags. You get the most beautiful diaper bag. Then you're throwing their shit in the plastic shopping <laughs> bags by the fourth one. Just get <laughs> out of here. Keep them the weekend. I'll be back next week for them. You don't care. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, my poor parents. I mean, between my sister is just... <laughs> just you've never seen anything like it before the kid i want to have your sister on the podcast she's so god yes no we're having, i don't have time for that no shit. we're having okay. your sister on the podcast definitely. i'll ask her she's definitely i think no. that episode 13 now nah, maybe not episode 13 because there's a lot to coordinate between now and then but very soon we're going to start having guests on the podcast yes. um i've got some great guests lined up yeah um and uh yeah, I think that's going to be great. So anyway, the giveaway, September 16th, giveaway post, new episode. Um, and we will be posting on Instagram. Say what you think that Paul's going to wind up doing. Paul, I've got a I've got a crazy wakeboarding story to tell you after the episode's over. Oh, you do? Um, you can yeah. tell us on here? Well, you know what? I'll tell you on here. So real quick, real quick. Oh, I was God. at a wedding. I was at a oh, wedding uh, like a week ago. And I was a groomsman. So the girl that was teamed up with me, you know, like the bridesmaid that went with the groomsman. Mm-hmm. Um, earlier in the day, I had heard from my friend Tommy that one of his wife's friends had been in a really bad boating accident. And oh, she had gotten pulled Christ. into the impeller on Ooh. a motor. Oh, my and God. And all cut up. And, I'm, and I don't know who this girl is. And I'm just whatever. And so we're going down the aisle and she's wearing a dress and she's got a scar on her arm, but I don't like think anything of it. 
And then we have to do our like entrance. And when you, I don't know, Paul, how many weddings you've been to, but they want like the, they want the bridesmaids and the, and the groomsmen to like, you have to, you're supposed to like dance as they introduce you. And I'm like, she's like, Oh, what are we going to do for a dance? I said, I said, I said, I don't know. You're going to do a cartwheel or something. She shows me her arm. She goes, I ain't doing a cartwheel. She's got this crazy scar. She goes, I got like five rods and pins in this thing. I'm barely held together. And I'm like, (laughs) Oh my God, this is the girl girl. from the boat. (laughs) And whatever. She was fine. And the the scar wasn't bad, but but apparently she was wakeboarding and they were water skiing and they didn't really have the right tether. So they just used like a rope and it uh, wasn't long enough and she fell and she so what were they using guess, a five foot rope i don't know and yeah. she got pulled into the boat motor Holy and it like shit. took her whole arm out oh that happened to God. a buddy of mine growing up his arms like like no arm it's like just like skinny 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 here Holy it got God. caught and he lost a couple fingers forget that yeah yeah i got a professional setup jet power no, not really good no, can't not really. Go. Can't wait to go. Uh, this go is Jeff's game. Paul's favorite part of the, the yeah. podcast. Yeah. So what's the? What, I don't know. I'm not sure what the title is going to be on this one. I don't know either. I had a really good story that I wanted to tell about from college. Oh, next. That's next, next episode. episode. That's, next, it's that, that's lucky 13. That's the lucky 13 episode. It's unreal. Oh, real quick. All right. So let me do my, my typical shout out. So listen, thank you guys for listening to episode 12 of the handmade podcast. Follow us on Instagram at handmade podcast. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Um, and follow all of us. But more importantly, I want to tell you guys to go listen to an episode of the full blast podcast. You got to go and listen to our friend Chris Cash's interview on the Full Blast podcast. And Derek and Paul, I don't know if you've listened to it. I haven't, but I'm going to, though. You have to listen to it. I'll do it tonight. Does he explain you, why he has so many underscores in his tight? You abs- No, he doesn't. You absolutely have to listen to it. It is a great episode about uh, one of our very great friends. Um, you know, Chris is like, like family to the three of us. And uh, you have to listen to the episode. Jeff does a really amazing job at, you know, talking through Chris's story. And, you know, it's so well, it was so captivating for me to learn things about someone that I consider a very close friend that I had. I never knew about. And it was just really interesting. Chris has an amazing story. He's had an unbelievable life and a just an incredibly interesting guy. Super talented and hardworking guy. So check out Chris Mount underscore Philip underscore Metal underscore Works on Instagram. Mount Philip Metal Works for Does all your blacksmithing needs. Such an asshole. <laughs> it's funny you say that. You should uh, you should listen I'll, to the I'll episode. To listen to it. Um, okay. No, we love you, Chris. Thank you guys for listening. I'm not going to do the rollout on the episode because Paul doesn't like it. But I'm yeah. Chris Neff for Make Everything. Yep. Paul Pinto from Fairfield Steelworks. I'm Derek, Derek from Alden. From Malden. That's Derek from Malden. Go watch Derek's Birdhouse video. He's got 5,000 views left until he gets to half a million. And that's it. Really? I got to check that. I got to look at that shit more often. <laughs> Derek, give us the sign off, baby. Sing us out. Right. <laughs> what do you want him to do? I, I need to thank I you. Just say oh. the thank you. Thank you. If you like this show, take a look at our other shows made for makers just like you at www.makery.network.
Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.